What's up, everyone? Welcome to After School Program, the podcast where we talk with successful young adults about how they navigate their lives and careers after school. I'm Zach McHale, and with me as always is my pal, Connor Hine. Today's guest is Jack Divney. Jack is a Colorado transplant who navigates the sales world when he's not outside. He's a sales development representative at Segment, a customer data software company. Jack is an avid skier, hiker, novice climber, and always looking for something new. In this episode, we talk about how Jack got into sales, making the most of working remotely, the dangerous situations Jack has found himself in, how a road trip during college showed Jack the beauty of the West, why Jack initially moved to Colorado without a job, and the power of referrals. By the way, I was not in attendance for this interview. I was at my brother's wedding. Here he is, Jack Dibney. All right, cool, Jack. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, Um, thanks for having me, Zach. Absolutely. I was wondering if you could tell me about uh, your job at Segment and what your role looks like there. Yep. Um, So I'm in SDR at Segment, which is is sales development representative. Um, Basically, if you think of the sales process as like stages, I work on the beginning stages. So converting new or just people into new customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work closely with not only my manager, um, but also some account executives, which is uh, the job goal, like put your time in as an SDR and, and get to be an AE. Um, so yeah, I am selling a software. Um, it's a customer data platform, not to get like too into it, but yeah, the, I did want to, I did want to know. So basically like they, they, kind of aggregate all the data and make it easy for all the parts of it to understand all parts yeah. of the company. You did your research. I uh, did a little. It's, yeah. it's amazing what LinkedIn can do. For, if we didn't have LinkedIn, I'd be screwed on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but basically like if a company is usually using a bunch of um, sales tools, like um, marketing tools, um, CRM, whatever it might be, like segment makes it easier for that data to work together um, which ultimately can, of course, you know, provide that company with higher ROI on ad spend, or um, maybe makes things a little easier for engineering teams. So they don't have to do as many uh, manual things. So it is actually cool learning a lot about these different companies and how um, they use like our software because it's it's a totally new space for me. So yeah, yeah, it seems like because before you were like booking trips for college students, right? Um, it was middle and high school students. Yeah. But okay, um, nice. <laughs> like the, yeah, the best way to think of it, I guess, is like mini study abroads, Okay, um, but like coordinated with their teachers and sometimes their schools. Okay. And you're remote right now, right? Yeah. I'm, uh, so I haven't been in an office for like, I don't know, since March um, yeah. of last year, 14 months or whatever that is. That's wild. So you've just been doing these extended trips, like you're in Tahoe right now. Yeah, dude got to make uh work from home work for you <laughs> yeah 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 you definitely seem to be somebody milking that for all yeah. that it's worth man they, they just announced that we'll be at least somewhat remote through the end of this year actually so oh, i'm nice. like let's go like yeah. i'm in an office anytime soon <laughs> yeah just booking up more trips exactly just dwindling the savings accounts <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so you're staying at a at a place in tahoe right now with a couple of guys Yep, me and a few college friends. Um, it's been too long since we've seen each other. Um, so we decided on Lake Tahoe. Beautiful. It's like the perfect combination of like weather, outside stuff to do. There's casinos here that we were at last night. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just like all around like a solid place to meet up. So how'd you go about getting into segment since you weren't really working in that uh, as an SDR beforehand, right? Yeah, I was not. I mean, I was, I was in sales, so I had sales experience. Um, but selling something completely different, educational travel is is much different than a customer data platform um, software. Uh, so yeah, I had you know some some sales experience that I could apply. Um, but luckily, a friend um, left education first, where I was previously. Went to segment. She knew you know with COVID and everything greatly impacted the travel market. So I was trying to uh, you know find a way out of EF. Mm. So she knew I was looking around. Um, so luckily, except for for you, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so luckily she referred me, which like applying to jobs, I, I don't know how people do it if they don't have a referral. I, yeah. I literally applied to a competitor of Segment. I didn't even get a phone screening. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say Segment is a better company, they're better position in the market and they hire more impressive people. And beca- I swear because of this referral, 
Um, that's like the only reason I got the job. Yeah. Uh, so basically just like had to draw on the sales experience that I did had, um, but like ultimately leveraged the connect that I then had at that company. Yeah. It is so huge just to put some kind of face to a resume yeah. and have somebody vouch for you. Especially in 2020 where there's probably more job applications than any other year, I would think. It seemed mm-hmm. everybody I knew was applying to jobs last year. So also, I'd say you're a pretty big fan of the outdoors. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's but, a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah. Um, time is important to me and I, I like spending a lot of my time um, outside. I mean, you know, you, you ski and we've gone hiking and everything before. It's just like, it's so easy to have a good time. You're with good people. Um, there's a lot of cool things that are, that are out there in this country and elsewhere. So it's, it's a, it's a cool way to get out there and experience something, you know, outside of a city or town. Yeah. Did work-life balance, um, come into a factor when you're looking around for different jobs? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, like we talked about work from home offers some sort of flexibility. Um, but actually sales offers probably more flexibility than people would originally think. You're, you're always chasing a number, which uh, sometimes is daunting. Um, but, you know, if you kick some ass for two, three weeks, then maybe the next week you have some more flexible time where you can go ski a little bit before work or bail at three o'clock instead of five and go rock climbing or something. Um, mm-hmm. So I do like sales in that way where it's not, you know, you have to work 40 hours a week. It's if you get your work done, you know, do whatever the hell you want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something I want to ask you about one of your, your trips is what's the most dangerous situation you've been in? Oh, geez. Well, I've, I've traveled with you. I've been in Montana with you. So yeah. that was a deep, dangerous <laughs> yeah, situation. Just, just bringing yourself into that situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably uh, square dancing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I got pretty rowdy. Um, <laughs> but I would say uh, when me and Will went to Thailand, um, there were just often points oh, where we would be in danger. Yeah. Can you get into and those at all? The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I will I will say it's a great country and, and worth visiting. Bangkok is, is an awesome city and actually ended up being very safe. I think um, there was a little bit of paranoia that played into it, but we were always just like, you know, we don't know this new city. Um, unsure if, you know, we're going to get into an altercation or get robbed or whatever it might be. Like we're, you know, the stupid idiot tourists. Um, so kind of just always generally on edge. A couple other uh, things... Well, I guess, honestly, the one that comes to mind, it's a very long story, mm. but basically like end of the night, uh, first night out in Bangkok, like first real night we're there. Um, we ended up in a parking garage with a pimp who had a gun and like a sticky situation that we were just trying to wash our hands of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was kind of just like bar hopping with some people in our hostel. It was yeah. great. And of course, a couple drinks lead to a couple more. Met someone from Thailand, but we, you know, did our research before and knew that, you know, sometimes with the locals, they're just being nice up front to, to grab some money in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we did an ocular pat down, thought this girl was legit. And, uh, you know, she, she actually showed us a great time for a few hours and took us to like some cool Bangkok bars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like a little bit of a language gap, like misread what we were looking for in the night took us to like a certain district where like uh, sex tourism is more prevalent mm-hmm. um, and big confusion thing, but we're kind of just like I, along for the ride. I was uh, going to say, are you guys like, yeah, you're in the car. Like, is there any point in the car where you and Will are kind of like eyeing each other up? Like, is this looking sketch? Yes, we are. We were like asking this girl to just like take us back. Cause now we're out away from where our hostel was away from where the people we like just met were, um, so we're kind of just trying to get out of there. Um, but she's like, Oh no, no, like one more bar, or, like let's make one more stop. And then, um, yeah. So just like one thing led to another, she thought we were saying we wanted our night to go like this, mm-hmm. um, end up in this one place and eventually kind of just have to pay our way out. And right. We like found a cab we we got home at like 5am kind of thing. <laughs> Damn, whole day shot the next day. And you guys yeah. are just like, thank God we got out of there. Yeah. Well, cause it was the first night we were just like, Oh, I guess this is how Bangkok is like, <laughs> pretty dangerous here. I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, guess we're just not getting in a car again. Yeah. No, never again. We just stayed in the hostel for the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah. How long were you guys there for? Uh, I think we ended up doing like 23 days. Um, so, Damn. so definitely my longest international trip. Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, that was a summer of college. So luckily um, I had the time, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it was great. I mean, after 
after that Bangkok night, like we had plenty of other fun in Bangkok, hopped around the islands, you know, great beach scene, uh, food stuff to do, took like a cooking class, learned how to scuba dive. Um, so we like, we packed in a good amount, um, in the three weeks we were there. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cause I was wondering when you had mentioned, well, I was like, uh, like, were you going to say the dangerous one where you guys were almost like freezing to death up in that mountain shed in Mount Washington? That's, that's actually a good one too. And, um, more to do with like the outdoor space than just like travel in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so to go into that, um, Mount Washington is a mountain in New Hampshire that, that we have hiked together, Zach, um, mm-hmm. with some other buddies from high school. Uh, but the time, the first time I did it was with the same friend, Will, and it was, it was probably about, uh, zero or so degrees at night um in december of probably like 2015 or 16 probably Mm. um so yeah sleeping that night that was that was like the most concerned i've been in like the camping hiking area and you're what in the mountain just in that little hut we like hiked up hiked down a little bit and then yeah like picture a shed like there's no insulation. It's just boards and like a tin roof and there's like open airflow. Like you're not retaining any heat in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it did get down cold enough where, you know, we're not really sleeping. We're, we're doing like sit-ups and like kicking our feet around every like 20 or 30 minutes. Um, and when I, when I woke up in the morning, I couldn't feel from like my legs down, couldn't feel my face. I'd like, like I had to like peel my eyes open because like my tears froze shut. Um, so, so that was definitely a time where we like, cross the line into too dangerous i would say yeah uh, were you guys talking to each other at that point like yeah this is yeah like but a- it, it was kind of just like we we're a little too far in to like hike out and save ourselves like let's just do our best to to stay as warm as we can and, and make it through and you know mm-hmm. luckily we did um but i think as i've done more outside stuff um it, it's things like that that i remember and like okay they're like it is all fun and games until it gets a little too cold until somebody rolls an ankle and until whatever happens. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you get to a certain point where you're just hours out there and you're like, actually help isn't that accessible at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. I probably need to get one of those like sat, sat phone things to, uh, to go take with me every once in a while. Yeah. Cause you've done, cause you've done what maybe skiing where you have to carry those things around or at least like the, uh, the, what av- is it? the avalanche. Yeah. 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 So, so that's, an area where it does get dangerous as well. Um, actually just took my avalanche one safety course, uh, this ski season, which is very good. Looking yep. So, so slightly safer now, oh. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, backcountry skiing in out West and specifically in Colorado, I mean, definitely is no joke. There's, you know, unfortunately accidents pretty often. Um, but yeah, so that, that is like an inherently dangerous activity. But luckily, the people I usually go with are, are pretty safe, pretty risk adverse. Um, and that class did end up helping a lot too. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say something that's huge with somebody who enjoys being outdoors like myself, but doesn't necessarily have the experience is it's huge, it's huge having a guy like you or like a friend like Matt Duncan or something who can be like, all right, yeah. this is what we're doing. I got it lined up. Like you send us the list of shit to bring and we got enough guys who are yeah. like all in on it, but it's like, you need one person who, who has actually done it before to really pull the yeah. group there. Yeah. And I mean that, that was like the Mount Washington trip um, that we did the following year or two uh, in October. So not quite as cold, um, mm. but yeah, and it is great. And I'm, I'm glad I can be that resource to people. Um, but being like living out in a place like Denver, uh, full time, like there, these are like, you can do crazy shit and people have done it before. Like not just hike Mount Washington, but like go climb something that seems impossible or backcountry ski a million miles. So it's actually cool being in Denver that there's always other people that can be resources to myself as well. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Especially as you keep expanding the kind of stuff that you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. The Mount Washington was such an eye-opening one just because of how much the terrain changes. That was the first time where I was like doing like a five hour mountain hike. And it's just like, first we bring on a bunch of layers. We walk for five minutes. We're all sweating our balls off. We're just like, all right, so we're all taking this all off now. Then by the time you get up to the top and you're just past the tree line, all of a sudden you're freezing. You got to throw it on. If you stand still too long, you're just like, you're just going to freeze up there. Yeah. No, it's, it's, Mount Washington really is no joke. Some of those mountains up in that area, they're pretty real. Like I think 
This might be a fake fact, um, but we're going to fact check. No, we need, we need more fake facts on the show, honestly. Perfect. I'm, I have so many. Um, okay. um, but I think Mount Washington is still the deadliest mountain in the United States. Um, just I because think that's a real fact. I think I, think I remember it's, it being, I think it's Unless real. I heard that fact from you. <laughs> I do spread the same false facts, so it could <laughs> yeah. just be a, a recycled fact. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Well, I'm yeah. just an outlet for that, too, and I'm just spreading that along. Keep spreading it. If we keep yeah. saying it, it'll become true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So I want to go back into like high school, college. Did you have like any clue kind of what you wanted to do for a job or like what you wanted your life to kind of look like? Uh, yes and no, where I'd say I'd have in high school specifically, I had a very naive idea of what I, what I wanted to do. I don't know what everybody else was thinking in high school, but I was just like business, like I can do that. And yeah, I think, uh, I was, I was yeah, in that same and, route. It's like, you go business and you'll figure it out then. Like, yeah, yes, like yes. finance or wall street or something. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think that there's a natural draw there, um, because my dad is, is in finance. Um, so obviously someone I look up to and, you know, go to work with him every once in a while as a kid and, and hear what he's working on, how work went that day. Um, so I think that was just like a, a path that was naturally set up uh, for me, but then also like when I was thinking about it in high school, I was like, Oh, I'll just like be rich immediately. Like, of course I'll do that. Um, <laughs> how hard could it be? <laughs> um, so, so, so that was kind of, uh, my thought process, uh, in high school. Um, and you know, we, we had some like elective classes that like open doors beyond, um, you know, like English and history. Like I think like we had an econ class, not that I took it, um, wood shop, like some things to find like real, real career paths, but I don't think mm-hmm. there was too much. Um, not that I found. Uh, so yes, like thought I wanted to go business, you mean but not like, too much, really like wasn't that, prepared to make that decision. Right. You mean too much that like stuck out to you and in, in, in terms of figuring out what you wanted to do? Like too many. Yeah. Like, like I guess, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's just funny when you're 17 applying to colleges for certain programs. But like when I was doing that, like I had no idea what career options I actually had, which ones like were best for me. And of course you rely on your families and friends, Mm -hmm. but like it would have been cool when we were in our younger years to have like, Hey, like here's this career coaching class. And of course, you know, we were all shithead high school students. Mm -hmm. Would we have paid attention? Who knows? Um, (laughs) But it it just felt like we didn't have too, too much direction coming out of high school. Kind of get basic advice from a guidance counselor of just figuring out how to get to colleges and (laughs) maybe. I don't know if he, I don't know if he listens to the pod, but uh, my guidance counselor wasn't the the most helpful. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, He goes, just make your millions, Jack. What do you mean? (laughs) Finance, sure. All right. (laughs) Um, but then I guess transitioning into my college years. So, so in high school, I decided I wanted to go to the university of South Carolina, go to the business school for a variety of reasons. I was kind of, I just applied to like a bunch of schools and, and luckily my parents took me to tour, um, a bunch of them as well, just toward South Carolina and, and being an 18 year old kid. Um, it was sick. Like there's a huge football stadium. The weather's beautiful. Um, it's a, it's a great campus. So it's like, Oh, this is cool. And then like the business school, they were like building a new business school. They just got a lot of money for not only the building, but like professors and um, other programs and stuff. And it's a good business school. It's not like it's a top business school. It's like fine. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just a fine business school. Yeah. But you go in there and they're getting a lot of upgrades. So you're like, all right, great. They're making some, they're seriously putting resources towards this. Yeah. So I think like my parents were sold on it. Um, I was sold on it. They gave me like a little bit of money in scholarship um, so I was like, yeah, this works out. I, I do want to go see like a different part of the country, um, in school too. So like a little bit further than, than New Jersey. Um, so yeah, that, that's how I decided to go down there. And then I guess study. So now I'm, now I'm this business student. Um, mm-hmm. so, so like, of course, you know, I want to be in finance, blah, blah, blah. So I guess like freshman year, you just take your gen eds and you know, you're not learning anything. You're just partying and <laughs> like whatever it gets. Right, right. And that goes, that flies by and you're like, yeah, all right. You get some ease in your English class. And you're like, why am I taking English again? As a <laughs> like, I'm not an English major. <laughs> yeah. Um, still can't read. I mean, <laughs> so, so um, then as I got into like my actual business classes, like sophomore and junior year, 
um, you know, I, th- I thought I wanted to go finance and I was even ballsy enough to think I want to do double major with finance and accounting. Mm, um, bold. so then I started taking these classes and I was like, damn, like I suck at this. Like not only can I not, not only can I not read, I can't add either. <laughs> so, so it was like, um, kind of like just a weird spot to be in. Cause, yeah. um, you're like, shit, well, I'm already accumulating these credits for this degree. Like, do I make like, do I make a pivot? What else do I even want to do? Like, I thought this is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm like re-evaluating this whole thing. L- luckily, the counseling department there was a little bit better than the counselor I had mm-hmm. in high school. Um, so they were like, marketing, like you should, you should switch to marketing, um, which I think uh, for a lot of people is, is, at least a lot of my friends I went to school with, is kind of... Uh, like a, a business major by default. Like it was all the other kids who sucked at accounting and finance. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, we were all kind of like, Hey, we're in marketing now. Um, yeah. yeah. So you, you guys all meet up the next year. It's just yeah. all like, Oh yeah. Screw all that. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you failed that accounting class too. Cool. <laughs> um, so, so I, I talked to my counselor and she was like, listen, you still have these um, business credits that can be applied towards this major. Um, and I, I think I was actually like slightly ahead in credits, um, somehow. That's a subtle brag. Well, the GPA wasn't reflective of, of a great <laughs> student, but I guess I took enough classes and got enough B's and C's. <laughs> um, but so I decided to add on a management major as well. Um, entrepreneurial management, which I just thought sounded cool. Like, um, again, going back to influences, my, my dad is in finance, but it, he owns his own business as well. So I was like, oh, entrepreneurial management, that'll be cool. Like one day, you know, maybe it's not finance anymore, but it'd still be cool to, to own my own company. Um, right. So that's, so I decided on those two majors. I was like, we're good. We can get through this. Um, and I think I'm still, I will still be happy with the, the job um, possibilities afterwards. Yeah. Um, so yeah, went through uh, junior and senior year. You know, some classes were still pretty tough, but a little bit better. Um, I guess there was still some lingering accounting and finance classes that I had to retake. So I ended up doing nine semesters down there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but like one more football season, not the yeah. worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, Almost like you planned it out that way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and luckily I still had a couple friends, um, that were still working on their undergrad degree. A couple friends that were working on graduate degrees and a couple friends that were just staying in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that extra semester actually was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was still pretty great time. Um, and yeah, I did. I did an extra semester after, or it was like extended because I took like a semester off working yeah. in the fall. And then, so it was like, there's still enough people hanging around, whether they're doing like a double major or something like that. Um, where you're like, all right, I still got, got some friends around here, but if I was there for the following semester, then it'd be like pretty sparse and I'd be hanging yeah. with the young kids and be exactly. like, all right, I should probably get the hell out of here. Yeah. You can, you can do one extra, not too many more than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good. But I, I think like, uh, that the, the spring that I should have graduated actually hit me harder than I thought. Um, just like watching all my friends graduate, and, you know, start getting job offers and, and moving to various cities um, because no one's going to stay and live in Columbia, South Carolina. That'd be crazy. Um, but so, so, like, it hit me hard that I was like, huh, like, I'm starting behind. Like, I haven't even started yet and I'm behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that was definitely a weird thing to go through. Um, but ultimately, fine. Like, I think I, I think I needed that extra time down there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, So, do you feel like you kind of did that help change your mindset at all that, that following semester or at least like after that, after you finished up? I think a little bit. Um, but it was also like a shot too. Like, I think, uh, it it was a little bit demotivating, like, damn, like I already, you know, it's already like too late. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But I I don't think it was until like later, like more recently, um, that it is like better to work hard now and enjoy the rewards than kind of just like, coast and have to like deal with these you know you're not you're not where you want to be in the time that you want to be there um so i think it was a long lesson um but a good one all right so then you finish up school and did you end up getting a job right after you had finished or did that Um, take a little bit no so there's still some some timeline things going on Mm -hmm. where I, i don't know i mean you know um 
I, I just like didn't feel I was like there's no job that I want like right now. So I was kind of like, mm-hmm. let's just see what happens, which is definitely not a great mindset to have coming out of college, just get a job, like just get a job first. And if you hate it, just do it for three or six months and leave after that. Right. Is what I is what I wish I did. So I came home, worked for the great organization that is LRHSD as a substitute teacher uh, for <laughs> yeah. like three or four months. Yeah. Um, Go back and just tee off on your guidance counselor. Oh yeah, totally did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, meet me in the teacher's lounge. <laughs> but it actually, so, you know, it, it was kind of nice because you do have a lot of, lot of downtime. So it was a lot of like working on my resume, applying to jobs, writing whatever the hell a cover letter is, which is a pointless piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and then it was kind of fun. Like my little brother was in, was in high school at the time. So mm-hmm. when I did get to um, sub at our high school, I had actually like sometimes have him in class or his friends or whatever. Uh, so it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like, obviously not like a career move either. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so then um, I think I, I did that for like three months or so. I w- um, Something I wanted to say was like, are you hiking? You're hiking and traveling throughout this time, right? Um, yeah. So in college, I mean, I was definitely uh, hampered by a lack of resources. You know, mm-hmm. I had like no money. I, I would work, you know, hourly jobs down in school, but it's not like I didn't even have a car. So mm-hmm. I would uh, can, like try to convince friends to do some backpacking trips on the weekend um like usually could only get like one or two semester and then it'd be like no like we don't want to go again yeah um which which was fine it's, it was it was a blast yeah it's it's a hard sell when it's like there's just a party in someone's backyard right there yeah exactly it's hard to leave like a fun college campus to go like hike around in the woods and sleep on rocks yeah but in retrospect i do wish i did more of those though just because those are the ones yeah. you remember you don't remember whatever like party on a saturday that was kind of like everything else you remember those trips that yeah. you did with your friends where an extended yeah, period exactly. of time hanging out yeah um and then i, I utilized my summers a little more like that was when when i went to um thailand actually did that that van trip together as well mm-hmm. um where will bought like an an old uh chevy astro van from like 1996 and we ripped all the seats out and like put bunk beds as a stretch in it um, <laughs> you did bunk beds yeah <laughs> i would have just been like i don't know a big mattress in the back but you guys just lay on that Damn. well he was he was also moving so he had a lot of shit to bring out to san diego like there was a right. kayak in this van with us among all of his clothes <laughs> and other things <laughs> oh man yeah it seems like he could maybe just ship that out that's that's a hassle yeah it was it was a, a big uh, space suck um, one sleeps in the bed one sleeps in the kayak yeah exactly um but but that was so that was in the summer so not necessarily like at school um but that was like my first big cross-country road trip where i, I got to travel and, and see a lot of the country while i was still um like young and i mean i guess i'm still young but mm-hmm. even younger yeah that was what like you did like 20 days of that uh that was like 43 or something oh my god yeah um but but it was great like it was absolutely blessed we went um down to the great smoke so our focus was let's hit a bunch of national parks go on a bunch of hikes see some cool towns on the way from new jersey to san diego so um and I'm kind of just along for the ride. This is like Will's project and I'm mm. just there. Um, so I went down to Smoky Mountain National Park, which actually I did visit a few times uh, in college. It's down in North Carolina and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, did like a couple of days there. And, and I was kind of just like, yo, I've been here. And Will's like, yeah, it's humid and buggy. And we were both like, let's just go to Colorado. Um, so after you leave like, um, like that area, you're basically driving through nothing, like absolutely nothing until... Uh, like the mountain, like the Rocky Mountains. Mm-hmm. Terrible drive. You've done it actually, right? Yeah, yeah. I've, d- yeah. I've done the south and the north. North is all corn. The south is just kind of desert. And, just dusty. <laughs> yeah, very dusty. And yeah. it's scary to drive at night there because it's just yeah. like you can't see anything. Yeah, it, it is uh, scary. And you, you never know when you're going to hit a rabbit in Nevada. Yeah, we rocked one for <laughs> sure. Yeah, that <laughs> thing went flying. Um, but then, so from there, we, we started hitting some really cool national parks. Um, Rocky Mountain National Park, which was actually my first time ever in Colorado and probably part of the reason I, I live there now. Um, went up to Grand Teton National Park, Yellowstone, Glacier, 
um, which is all time. So sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks anytime I see photos of that. Cause that's in Montana, right? Yeah, yeah. It goes up to the Canadian border. Yeah. Yeah. You were there recently again, right? Uh, yes, I was, um, again, work from home, making it work for me. Mm-hmm. I found a place in Butte, Montana, one bedroom in like a group home. It wasn't therapy, <laughs> uh, but it was like one bedroom for like 800 bucks for four weeks on like Airbnb monthly rentals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I lived in Butte for a month, um, but the national park was like two, two and a half hours away. So like every weekend I would leave Friday at like noon, go up there and just like camp up there and do some sick hikes. Cause that, that, that was only the second, the, the first time I went back and visited again after that um, first visit on the van trip. Yeah. Um, and I knew it was so cool and just wanted more time there because there's like so much up there. Yeah. It just seems endless that there's probably just a million hikes you haven't seen before. Yeah. It's great. Um, I even like repeated one just because it was so sick the last time. I was like, I'm just going to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then going back to the van trip after um, Glacier, we headed out to Olympic uh, National Park, did some time actually out on the islands um, near Seattle uh, in like the Puget Sound. Mm went down to crater lake which is cool there's actually just still a lot of snow there so a lot of it was closed and it's kind of like the lake and then kind of falls off pretty hard after that (laughs) but then uh from there went down uh hung out with mac in newport um buddy of ours and Mm -hmm. then went back up to yosemite which was the last park of the trip great great cap um for the trip and then went down to San Diego and, and flew home. So, so somehow that added up to six ish weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, that sounds like it makes sense there. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it was cool. And, and that was uh, like being in college at that time, like this is, I think the summer between my junior and senior year um, that really opened my eyes to like, Oh, there's like a lot of cool stuff in the United States um, out West. <laughs> you're yeah, like, out you're west. basically Unfortun- like screw the East coast. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, none of these like really, really cool outdoor places that I enjoy are, you know, close to family and friends in New Jersey and Philly mm-hmm. and everywhere. Um, but I was like, damn, like I didn't realize, you know, all of this was out there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I kind of just assumed you had always been into it. I didn't realize that it was that trip with Will that really set things off. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I was lucky enough that my family would take me camping and skiing growing up, but like we were camping in the Pine Barrens, which Mm -hmm. for those who don't know is like, you know, pretty boring, flat pine tree land. I just, I just went on a hike around here that was like down by the shore and it's like, you know, an hour away from our home. And I'm like, damn, it looks like just like the same hike in our backyard. It's just, it's the same thing over and over. Yeah. No, I mean, it is over and over, but it is cool that it's like big protected area and that we at least have something to go Mm -hmm. enjoy that's close by. Right. Um, But then like would go ski up in like New York, Vermont area. Um, Kind of like in college, like went down to like the North Carolina mountains pretty often, South Carolina mountains a little bit. Um, So like, I, I guess my, that trip was like, Oh, there's cooler stuff in this country. Um, it just kind of like widened my scope. You're being a substitute teacher, applying to different jobs, figuring things out. And how did, um, well, it was Xerox that came up first, right? Yeah. So the main dog, Howie, mm-hmm. um, was, was working at uh, Xerox branch, a local Xerox branch in New Jersey. Um, and going back to the referral thing, you want a job just ask somebody who has a job just ask howie yeah ask howie essentially (laughs) just go straight to him we'll we'll leave his email in the in the show notes yes yeah exactly (laughs) um so howie was basically like uh yeah like you should just get a job here like you're looking it'll be better experience than substitute teaching you know this isn't this isn't going to be your career but you might as well get a job that's you know at least within a business instead of a public school system Mm-hmm. Um, you know, learn a few things for, for the next opportunity. So that's, that's how I got into there. At some point, were you thinking you wanted to leave home? Like how did, how did EF come up after that? So, so then, um, so once I started Xerox, I kind of just like have this job. I'm living at my parents' house and it's kind of just like, um, it was just like self-perpetuating. It was, it was literally just like the nine to five, go into Philly or down the shore or whatever on the weekends mm-hmm. and kind of just became like too routine. And I didn't realize it for a, a while. 
Um, but like, you know, the job, the pay is not great. The benefits are great. I don't love it or anything. Learning a little bit, sure. Mm. Uh, but like not where I wanted to be. So um, actually one night, me and Eric Meyer were watching a Warren Miller ski movie in my basement, just like, because we're both bored drinking a couple beers, watching the ski movie. Have you, have you seen any Warren Miller movies? I haven't seen any of them, but I've heard people rave about this guy. Would recommend. He mm-hmm. unfortunately passed, but they still make uh, a movie every year. I think it's been going on for like 50 or 60 years. Which and they'll show cool. it in Philly, right? Yeah, they'll do, they'll do like a tour, like a, a movie tour. Like I've gone out um, in Boulder, Colorado, and I've seen um, like the new film two years ago there, which mm-hmm. is actually really cool. It's like, ski ski and snowboard highlights and you can buy a beer and people are kind of going nuts at the cool scenes um so worth going to for sure yeah okay yeah, that's but, but so me and eric are watching this movie and we're both kind of i think in a similar situation where we're like we're just spinning our wheels i don't know but so we're watching the movie and we get talking and it's like why aren't we living somewhere where we can like go ski because we both love skiing um and then we we're like let's like move to like denver or seattle or wherever else and that kind of just like got the wheels turning for me and then i think when i when i realized that like of, like of course i can move to denver or seattle or wherever else i was considering like what's holding me back mm-hmm. um then like very quickly like within a month or two like i told myself and started telling my parents and friends i was like i think i'm gonna move to denver like and then i'm gonna move to denver and then i was like i'm gonna quit my job on march 1st and move to denver um, yeah so it kind of just like was like an idea. And then I was like, this, I think is a good idea. Like I should just go um, run with this for a while. Do you feel like it helped telling other people? So then you were held accountable to it? Yes. And it, I remember like um, telling my parents and I was like, I don't know. Cause I was like, are they going to be upset? Blah, blah, blah. But I was like, I want to be held accountable to this because I think it's something that I want to do while I'm still young enough, like young enough in my career. Um, but yes, totally. Like telling people definitely helps make it a reality. Yeah. So then you move out there before you have a job. I mean, you've been working at your one job for a while and you've been living at home. So at least you have some money saved up a little bit. Yeah, like 40 bucks. Mm-hmm, perfect. That's just yeah. enough for uh, <laughs> to ask some sketch guy to drive you out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I did have a car um, at the time and, and had a little bit of money saved up. Um, so yeah, quit my job. We have like, you know, one last, one last St. Patrick's Day party. Did you have like an epic quit just throwing all your shit everywhere in the office no i think i just like met with my boss and was like hey i'm gonna like move to denver and he's like all right understandable so, like i think he literally <laughs> said, I, I think he literally said like surprise you made it in this role this long because he like <laughs> right. i think he like saw that i was unhappy with the role which mm-hmm. is like, honestly kind of cool like he was like mm-hmm. yeah i get it like go ahead um yeah uh, which was cool. <laughs> He's uh, like, I was waiting for you to say this three months ago. Yeah, exactly. I think he knew. Um, but he was like, oh, wow, Denver, like thought you would have said Philly, but cool. Like, you know, great job. Like, thanks for being here kind of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had like drove out to Denver. So I, I have my car packed with, uh, I have a Honda Civic. It's not very big. This is like no, no trailer, no U-Haul coming out later or anything. So I have all my stuff. Um, my, my uncle just gave me like a pair of backcountry skis and some climbing gear. So I made room for that. Um, brought like my East coast skis out, which I never use because people who ski, they just like don't work in powder snow, like in the West. Okay. Um, so, so had a couple, so I have no job. I had a, uh, a phone screening and a zoom interview with, um, what will become, what did become the company I worked for. Oh, so it's all kind of hinging on that at the moment yeah so he uh i like was meeting with the recruiter and um like did the zoom call and he's like hey we're gonna like we'd love to move you along you know i'm like great he's like we'll do another zoom call with um some of, like the sales directors and i was like hey listen like i'm gonna be out there in like 10 days can can i just come into the office in person um like i think that'd be better for everyone mm-hmm. and like i'm doing this as like you know zoom kind of sucks like I'm, I'm slightly delayed from you. Like, mm. you no, know, you can't shake someone's hand. It's a little different. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I was like, I want this job. I'm going to like try to do in-person interviews. That's really interesting. You say that because just two weeks ago, Max Buska did the same thing, except he didn't tell them he was coming into the office. He just walked Shut into up. the office. Yeah. And the girl happened to be out and was, uh, <laughs> she was in her apartment. So yeah. downfalls of remote work. 
to yeah, it's, with it's a power play and unfortunately you can't you can't really do it now because it's you know <laughs> right you might show up to a completely vacant office yeah. yes and also just like a little insensitive too um but i think the in-person is definitely yeah. way better yeah absolutely so i i uh luckily have this this next round um set up and ready to go in denver i i don't have an apartment um and i i technically like i don't have this job yet have a couple college friends um so my friend sage uh and her roommates did not care if i crashed and i was like i was like listen like i know this happens sometimes and the guy sleeping on the couch just never really leaves like give me like a week or 10 days and i promise like i just need to like look at apartments i don't want to commit to one without like seeing it in person mm-hmm. um so got the apartment thing figured out um found a roommate from a mutual friend and then um went through the interviews. I think I had two more rounds of interviews in person. Uh, did not think I was going to get it either time I walked out of the interviews and luckily um, got the job, which, so, so it all worked out. It just took like a month or two to get everything in place. Okay. Yeah. So how quickly were you out of those girls apartment then? Uh, I think I made it in like 10 days, maybe even nice, nine. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I think I went out and like even camped a night or two. Cause I was like, I feel so bad. I'm yeah. just like sleeping <laughs> on your couch. Yeah. Uh, but they were super nice. It was like so helpful to have them. Yeah. So when you got that job, like, what did that feel like? When you it was great. Back from- um, it, it was stoked. So, so just a quick little background on the job. Like it was a sales position working for this travel company, um, which pre COVID was sick. Like you get to go travel and uh, do like rewarding work and work with cool young people as well. So I was stoked. I was like, let's go like, um, Felt like the first real job. Xerox did not feel like the first real job. Um, so because like, you were with Howie, because I was with Howie, you know, yeah. just in his bubble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it was. I felt really good about it. I was. I was very excited. Mm-hmm. And I think it was also just like, just like the, um, like I didn't have much in the pipeline in terms of other jobs or interviews. So it was also just like, thank God, like this gamble of driving my car out here and. Um, like putting a deposit on an apartment worked out. Like I got the job. So like, we're good. Like a lot yeah. of stress relief. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot hanging over you. Cause if that falls through, then you're like starting from scratch. And yes. so then you're actually settled in Colorado. And <clears throat> when do you start going on some more adventures out there? Like immediately. Like, yeah. Um, dude, I remember just like getting to Denver. So when I moved to Denver, I actually had never been to the city of Denver before. Um, like the only time I was in Colorado previous to that was when I was up in Rocky Mountain National Park, which is not like that close. And mm-hmm. like Denver is obviously a city and that's a national park, a little different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started uh, like that first couple months I was there, like the ski season is pretty long in Colorado. Did like a couple of ski resort days, which is great. It's like, you've been out there. The mountains are just bigger. The snow's better. It's awesome. Did some backcountry days. Um like by myself with like literally no avalanche knowledge or safety protocol, which looking uh, back just, on that is, is yeah, like <laughs> yeah. not okay. But yeah. Loki could have been your most dangerous thing you've done. Yeah. But I kind of just like didn't know any better. Uh, and luckily it was only a few times and they, they worked out. Um, but then, yeah. And then once um, summer hit, just like it's a big state, there's, you know, four national parks, probably like, I think literally like 50 um, like, other protected areas there's like so much to do in terms of Mm. the outdoor space um so so yeah before i started my job in june it was just like out and back like let's go explore the state um do some camping hiking skiing whatever it is like let's just go out and and check out the new place that i live in and it is really cool that there are so many people there that are in that same mindset too yeah just getting out and doing whatever they can outside yeah, I, th- I think um, it, it's a Denver's an easy place to move to because I've I've had some friends or heard of people that moved to certain cities. Um, and it's kind of hard to to branch out because it's like um, a lot of cities. You know, you do city things. You go out for drinks or go to a show, maybe um, where like if you go backcountry skiing or rock climbing, it's like not only do I like literally need a partner like for rock climbing specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but people are just like always down to do it. And it's like a little bit different than drinking because you're not just like in a crowded bar, but you're like sharing an experience kind of thing. Right. Like what we were talking about, like the backpacking trips in college. 
Um, so it's like an easy way to like to form friendships and like make bonds. So you're booking groups like you're, you're what you're traveling for EF, like going to check out some of the trips. So not travel. I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm very much in sales. Um, but a, a perk of the job is that you, um, you get to like see your product. So like once a year you're supposed one, once a year. And as you continue your tenure there, there more often you get to go see your product. So if I, um, work with Shawnee high school and do like, I don't know, some tour in like some farming tour or agriculture in Dominican Republic, I'm trying to remember like the names of the tours because mm-hmm. they're like preset, um, itineraries kind of. So like once a year I would go travel with a group, uh, to like see what the tour experience was like. And okay. then, and then you take some time, um, on your own afterwards to go explore, the area as well. Okay. So, so what, then you have like something to talk about when you're like pitching. Yeah. Yeah. Trip. Cause when, when you're talking to like a teacher principal or whatever, and you're trying to like tell them like, Hey, take your kids on this tour. They'll like, you know, learn more about responsibility and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like a lot stronger of a message when you have that like person experience. <laughs> they're, they're like, what's it like there? And you're like, I don't know. What's not, way too dangerous for me to go there. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's actually yeah, exactly. I would never go there. Like that's not my first place. <laughs> oh my god, I wouldn't. I would never bring my kids there. Yeah, um, but it was actually funny that that reminds me when so when like working with these people, you're like talking to them about Italy or France or Spain or whatever, um, where a lot of people are going, and my pronunciation of these places was just always so poor. Like I'm talking to a Spanish <laughs> teacher and I'm trying to say like. Sagrada Familia or something. I'm like, Sagrada, like, like it's so bad. And they're just like laughing at me. <laughs> so COVID hits and, and shuts down travel. And and what are you starting to think? Like when are you starting to think you need to leave that place? Uh, like immediately. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like, so, so it's basically a two front thing. I was like, okay, COVID shuts down travel. The, like the biggest perk of this job for me was you know i get to travel like that was gonna be sick and now you know i don't get that and there's many other things that impacted the world a lot more than jack divney not getting to travel in the summer <laughs> COVID, i think it hit a little harder than that um but so i was like oh it's kind of a bummer like that you know honestly is part of my compensation is, is how i saw it mm-hmm. um and then and then i i was concerned uh legitimately about like like serious threats to the business. Like if right. we don't send anyone abroad for 15 months, can, can we survive? Like, do I, do I not only need to apply to jobs because I want to leave, but do I need to apply to jobs just in case? Yeah. Like, I know a lot of those outdoor places were really having to shut down business for good. Yeah. Because I mean, we all know people that you know, lost their jobs in March, April, May of mm. last year. Um, and we actually did, did some layoffs. Um, not, not much, but you know, luckily I got to stay on. Mm-hmm. Um, luck, luckily they've handled it very well. Um, and they've, uh, like, you know, as we get back to normal, they should be in a good spot. Um, okay. like, still have plenty of friends that work there. So they actually handled it great and were able to keep people on and, um, a lot of other good things. But just at the time I was like, I think I need to do something that's, you know, can't be affected by a disease or other worldly event or whatever it might right. be. Yeah. Something with just a little bit more stability. And then, so you're looking around and eventually, like, how did segment get on your radar? Was it just your friend was talking about it? You knew she worked there or like you're looking around in other spots too? I was looking around in other spots. Um, I, I knew I wanted to stay in sales at the time. Um, so I was, I was like, honestly, like what sales jobs have the highest ceilings? Tech sales, sure, they're in there. Um, and then when the friend, I think we went skiing one day and she was like, seriously, like, send me a resume. Like I'll tweak it a little bit and um, like you should apply. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like I, I have nothing to lose. I've struck out like 40 times. Right. Of my job, so <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, so now we'll get into some of the other questions sure. that we always do as a wrap up at the end here. What does success mean to you? <sighs> Going to sound so cliche, but I, th- I think if you're, if you're happy, that is success. Um, it's not just like, like being happy, like money might be part of being happy. Um, a job you like might be part of being happy. 
uh, living somewhere you enjoy might be part of being happy. Um, but I, th- I think it is uh, like being successful is happy, but it's just a lot of variables that go into that. What advice would you give to somebody trying to figure out what they want to do? Relax. It's, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> um, like I think you should, I think a lot of people, like I knew when I was 18, I didn't know exactly what I liked, let alone how to link that to a career. Um, so I think while you're young and, and, you know, don't have a mortgage to pay or, or kids to feed, you might as well go find what you like. Um, and then, you know, do your best to, to incorporate that throughout your life. And hopefully that crosses over into your career as well. What would the 70 year old version of yourself say to you now? Um, I hope he says I am so, so much of a better skier than you. Um, cause I still would like to be ripping when I'm 70 years yeah. old. <laughs> What do you tell yourself in moments of doubt? I try to remember moments of success so that it might change time to time. But if I'm doubting myself, I think of something harder that I've done and remind myself that I've done that. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Yeah, I think I would have uh, gotten a little more serious about college. You know, I'm not going to break my back to get a 4.0. I don't think that's, you know, super necessary just to go into the sales world. Um, But I think I would have taken it a little more seriously. I think I would have just gotten the ball rolling a little bit earlier. Um, like looking back at the immediate post-college time, it's kind of just spinning my wheels. I could have just like uh, pushed myself a little bit more instead of being content at that time. Right. Okay. And then uh, what's next for Jack Divney here? Uh, what is next? Tomorrow uh, Tomorrow morning, I'm driving up to Squaw Valley and we're doing a Via Ferrata, which is like pseudo rock climbing. Um, okay. And then after that, back to Denver, got, uh, got some sales goals I need to crush after taking this vacation time and just looking forward to a, a Colorado summer. Well, Jack, I think that's a great point to wrap up here, man. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, dude, especially while you're out there uh, having a good time. But I guess you can't walk anyway since you did a big 10-mile hike. Yeah, this chair feels nice right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. But thanks to Tom for coming on, man. I, I really appreciated all the things you had to say and, and a lot of the good stories that you had there with, uh, with your adventures. And I hope some people can find some good insight to take away from this. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on, Zach. Uh, I'm honestly really excited to have this recorded so I can look back in a year or 10 and, and listen to what we talked about. Absolutely. Jack Divney, everybody. Thanks again for listening to another episode of After School Program. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at ASPPOD. And if you like this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend who you think would enjoy the show. Thanks again, and see you next week.